What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the John Dawson Perspective Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything. I want to remind you guys to stay motivated, stay blessed, stay excited, and get done what you got to get done. So without any more waste of time, let's dive into it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the John Dawson Perspective Podcast. We are really excited for this one. We have the one and only Dale Brisby on the show today. Um, You guys are going to not want to miss this one. But first off, Ben, how are you doing today? John Dawson. I'm doing great, man. I am both disgusted and delighted. Uh, Disgusted for some reasons we don't need to talk about, or we can talk about later. But I am delighted. Today was a gorgeous day here in Maryland. I had my first pumpkin spice donut today of the season. Don't make fun of me. But I am especially delighted to have our guest here. I'll let you I'll let you introduce him. Yeah. Well, Dale, I I I've seen you on social. I mean, who hasn't seen you on social media? Um, you're everybody's favorite cowboy, and more specifically, everybody's mom's favorite cowboy. And uh, you recently just dropped your new Netflix show. I'm really excited that you came on here. Thank you so much. Do you want to kind of tell people a little bit about you, who you are, what you do? Well, I mean, for the three of you out there that don't know who I am, I'm Dale Brisby, greatest bull rider ever to walk the earth, as well as the most humble. And John hit the nail on the head. I'm your mom's favorite bull rider. So, um, you know, that's that's just in a nutshell. And, um, you know, Netflix called, and I said, it's about time. It's about (laughs) time. So... I uh, appreciate you guys rolling out the red carpet, and uh, yeah, I've, I've I've been following John a long time on uh, TikTok, yeah. so yeah, I just, anymore these days, I get on there just to watch a few things, because they don't let me post nothing. God, they, oh, man. they're not fans of how to be a cowboy on Netflix, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, man, you're too, you're too, every, it's either too dangerous, or, or maybe hate speech towards a cow or uh-huh. something, who knows? I feel like... I may not even be on TikTok, but they heard me fart earlier in the day, and they're like, no, 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 you can't post today. You farted earlier. It's just, I got banned the other night, my account the other, and then they brought it back. Jeez. It's, it's It takes some getting used to to get just, just get banned now. Like, like that's not a thing. Like, like it's weird to think that you're just getting banned. Like, yeah, we're, we're so okay with it now. It's like, whatever. It's wild. You would think that TikTok would love that kind of, that kind of content. Yeah. I mean... And it's just like, yeah, it's a little dangerous, but I mean, what isn't these days? You know, there's a lot of stuff out there dangerous. But I mean, they they have all the challenges where they're like dropping people in pools with chairs and people jumping off roofs into pools. You see, the thing is, you got to do more content in a bikini, and TikTok will love you. Apparently, apparently, uh, that, that would work. But so, so I I've been wanting because I one I have I have to ask the question: Do have you done anything where you've talked about? your your past life because I was doing a little digging, you know, like like any good podcaster would do. And I haven't found much about who you are prior to being your mom's favorite cowboy. Like like it seems like that's where your world starts and I couldn't find anything before that. Well it's kind of for a reason, you know, John. I mean people say why you wear glasses all the time and it's because I got something to hide. But I'll tell you <laughs> a little bit about my I mean, I grew up a cowboy. You know, I grew up um horseback and rodeoing and my old man was like a cross between john wayne and woodrow f call on on lonesome dove like he was just a just a hard ass and he was um 
yeah, he, he was a cowboy, man of God, and he uh, taught me the ways of the world and or the ways of the cowboy world, so to speak, and, you know, got into rodeo and, and never looked back. And so social media came along and uh, we started kind of showing the world this lifestyle and it, it, it just kind of took off from there. I've always been the class clown, always been, you know, so um, it, it was just, I don't know. I say it was in God's plan for me to be where I'm at. You know, it's just I couldn't have planned it up till this point, really, on a real note. So um, I'm the guy, you know, like you guys might figure it out in this podcast. It's like I'm like midway through my first or second sentence, and you're wondering like, okay, is he telling a joke or is this a real story? <laughs> Every – anytime I start talking, that's how people feel. I, I, I've noticed that when I watch your show, one, one thing that I have to commend you on that really stood out to me, which was interesting, is that you genuinely care about people. Now, half, like you said, half the stuff you say, I'm like, Dale's being a dick. And then like, you somehow bring it full circle and I'm like, oh, actually, he was like giving legitimate advice. Like, it, like you said, it wasn't a joke. He was actually legitimately helping that person like actually seriously and intensely it's just the way he said it sounded like he was setting him up to knock him down and yeah. i was like man so and, and watching the show man i have to commend you like the 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 time and and the the cool manner that you do talk to everyone and and, and even your interns and, and your brother and all the different stuff with the with the beef they tried to make you guys have on the show i, I think you really did uh uh turn turn people's heads in a way that maybe wasn't just topical it wasn't just like oh like this is super cool people actually saw saw the genuine side of you which i thought was cool no i appreciate it i uh so there's a lot about me on social media that you know one buddy told me a long time ago uh if we rodeoed together and he we were behind the shoots and he said dale brisby is the asshole everybody wants to be and i was like <laughs> okay i like the way you put that but really like when people get with me one-on-one -on -one, like at a booth or something at a at a rodeo you know they'll get the real the real deal and 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 the real deal is just you know you know, love God, love everyone. And that's kind of my, 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 and so this intern program has kind of cre created an opportunity for these guys that are, are young girls that want to be a cowboy. They want to live this life, but they, they, for instance, Donnie was a, a bartender. I've got Gabe from LA. He was actually also a bartender. Willie from Maryland, who worked in a chicken farm, and then a kid from Tennessee, Kevin, who's a, a, a was a truck driver. They all come here seeking this life, you know. And we call them interns, but they really actually do get paid. But essentially, they're just. I do care about spreading the message of the cowboy lifestyle, and and. Donnie's going to go on to be a full-time bronc rider, you know, and, and he went from being a bartender having no, you know, and now he's stepped into this lifestyle and he's going to make a living in rodeo. And so that that's cool to me to get to to share that with him. He's going to pursue a dream. I share the industry and uh, hopefully people watching it are entertained. That's that's awesome. I watched the, the last episode today and I, I like no joke. I was getting emotional at the end when uh Jordan whatever, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil, I'm not gonna spoil it. But if you guys haven't watched everybody, anybody who's listening, I'm not gonna spoil it. Go watch it. I'm just gonna say I got emotional in the last episode. I thought it was cool. Like I, I really like you, I really got invested with seeing, you know, people work hard, right? Like like when you're, you know, an American 
that starts out with nothing or just is in a, in a position where you're just not happy and you see people put in work to try to figure out what it is that makes them happy. I think when you see them struggle, you see them fall, you see them fail. And then you see that light at the end of the tunnel where their eyes change and they're like, okay, oh yeah, I got it. Like I, I'm going to fail a few more times, but I got it. I'm almost there. If I keep climbing, I can make it. And, and that, that gets me hyped every time, every time that gets me hyped. Man. And, and, you know, there's so many things in life. And the, the thing about this show, so many things in rodeo that people can relate to, you know, and Netflix did a good job of capturing the story of not only me, my brother, um, which was kind of a spoiler, eight years of doing content. Nobody knew that Leroy and I were brothers. And so uh, Jordan's story, Donnie's story, but they captured that story. And even though it's rodeo and bronc riding, like there's hills and valleys in, li in life, just like there's rodeo. And so, you know, you'll find yourself relating to this story. And uh, um, I don't know, I've learned a lot about life through this sport and through this industry. That's for sure. So... You, I mean, you obviously have a, a, a massive social media following. And, you know, despite all that, despite having your own show, a huge following, people, you know, fans all over the place. But you seem like a really uh, likable, down-to-earth kind of guy. I mean, you have the, the satire and you can be an asshole for sure. <laughs> but you seem very approachable. And I think that that has a lot to do with your success besides, you know, the type of content which people obviously have a, a you know, a desire for. When you were young, did you ever see yourself starring in a show about turning people into cowboys <laughs> no no i really didn't i mean i saw myself in the movie industry like my old man had been like just like an extra in some stuff there was that that freaking movie fate anyways i'll remember it here in a minute but uh and and so like that was the only reason why i didn't get tattoos like when i was little he was like he's like i don't care if you get a tattoo but if you want to be an actor one day, maybe you play a role where you don't want one. And that's like the only re anyway, cause I was like, I might be an actor one day, but outside hmm. of that, I just wanted to be a cowboy. But, you know, I think everybody can relate to the cocky bull rider. You know, every industry has a, a know-it-all who, you know, the fish he caught was this big, but there's no picture. And then it's, <laughs> the, you know, the, the bull he rode was so rank, but there's no video. Everybody can relate to that. But at the end of the day, those one-on-one -on -one connections, it goes back to it's not what you know, it's who you know in life. And I, I don't know, that, that, that kind of what goes around comes around when it comes to how you treat people. I think that's a great message. That's um, now, Dale, something you should know about me. I am a city slicker through and through. Our <laughs> upbringings are complete opposites. I was so just I, I'm say in Baltimore that. <laughs> City, complete urbanite. Um, I, you know, I aspire to be a cowboy. I even do TikToks where I play a cowboy character. But... I'm an urbanite through and through. So for the city boys out there, the city slickers, people who are not cowboys, could you give us a definition of what exactly is, what makes a cowboy? Today's episode is brought to you by Much Love Clothing. This is an American first clothing brand that focuses on supporting our country and those who fight and have fought for our freedom. Much Love is about empowering those who have stood up and spoken out about the current events in our country. We know it's difficult nowadays to speak freely about your views without fear of getting canceled or, or shut down by your job or social media. Much Love Clothing is to empower those to speak out and, and, and let people be unapologetically American and proud of the opportunities we are given here in this country. Despite race, despite where you came from, 
we know that America offers something that you can't get anywhere else. And Much Love Clothing is also what makes this podcast possible. So we would really appreciate your support. If you go check out muchlovestore.com, you can find some awesome clothing, some really cool accessories, and use discount code John Dawson Perspective for a discount. Now, without any more wasted time, let's dive back into the podcast. I mean, a simple answer. Chris Ledoux, there was a, bu- a, a book written about Chris Ledoux, and uh, Cody Johnson is a country singer who told me this. The guy that wrote the book about Chris Ledoux, his biography, Chris Ledoux passed away of cancer, but he's like a cowboy, and we all know it. And he said the one thing the guy didn't put in the book that he wished he had was Chris's definition of a cowboy, and that is someone who lets their yes be yes and their no be no. And that's the short answer. Um, you know, I think looking up you know, the Google answer, it's it's someone who tends to cattle and horses, typically horseback. And then the second answer is usually an aggressive individual. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I saw that today. I was looking up how to be a cowboy and I was, you know, looking up articles and stuff. But anyway, I, I think so. Usually if you use a horse to make your living, you know, you could be classified as a cowboy is, is kind of my short answer. That's that's fair. That's fair. But but I like the I like the the Chris Ledoux, you know. That speaks more volume to to what a cowboy is because with with fewer words it means so much more. Yes, I sir. think. And and that's why you know like I think Ben, for instance, you know, the fact that you know that and said that, you know, like complete respect. People sometimes get rubbed the wrong way of like the Dale Brisbys of the world that may not know a thing about it but act like they know all of it, you know? Um, sure. And so that, when, when, when a newbie comes into the industry, that's someone that you sometimes get a bad vibe about. But when you get Ben coming in and he wants to learn something or you, John, want to get on a bull, like, you know, it is complete kindness both ways because, like, so long as you don't act like you know what you don't. than you do, it's... <laughs> I think that's with any industry though. Like if someone comes in that that that's trying to act like they know more than they do, you you can't teach them because you're constantly trying to to come combat their already somehow, you know, high and mighty self that's doing yep. everything wrong. But if yeah. you get someone that's like, look, like and that's why I mean Ben and I every podcast when we get outside of our element in in topics. We're we're both just the first to be like, look, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know. I don't know anything yeah. about this yeah. because in the end, like you know, we're all here to learn every single day. If you don't learn something, then then you're not growing. So I, I think, and that was also another cool thing that I that I saw with you and just a lot of other cowboys and and even farriers and whatnot that I see do a lot of the interning type thing is a lot of these people that are in that industry, man. It's they, they get in there and and they're quiet. They watch. Yeah. They watch, yeah. they wait to be told, and then you look at them five years down the road and now they're the one doing the telling. And I think that's such a cool yeah. transition. Yeah, no, I, I, that's it. You hit the nail on the head. Like, I, I know some, the kind of people, like I know cowboys that work on the big ranches that people all over the country and world try to compare themselves to, you know, and, and it's like, it's constantly, for some reason, other states trying to like, one up Texas for some reason, but those guys they're talking about, like I know those guys, and and uh, they're the most kind people, and they're not gonna have to tell you that they're a cowboy. You know, they're not gonna tell you. You know, they're gonna be humble about it, and that's what's interesting. It's like when you see the best act like that, 
And then you see, you know, these guys that have been in it for, you know, that act like they're better than anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's the same way. And and I and because when people say like I had this whole thing, like when I first like moved away from my parents, because I was raised Christian, you know, to the core. And I, even to this day, I have this thing that's where people constantly have to go around saying what they are, like like yeah. using a title to describe themselves rather than me looking at them being like, I bet you're this. I bet you're that. Yeah. And I find it in all different things, whether it's like, you know, people who are TikTok famous, like every time I meet some, I have this many followers on TikTok and I'm like, yeah. It, it's the people who don't have to say it are the ones that you respect the most. Yeah. Like you said, the ones that like walk up and you're like, that's a cowboy. Why? Right. Don't know. I just, <laughs> I just feel it. Like yeah. it's just what it is. And that's, Man, that's bad. It's, it's funny that you say it like, uh, probably five years ago, I, I filmed a video that was like, end up being like one of my videos, you know? And it, it was, uh, I got this first gen truck and it, and we were walking, I was walking around it and I was doing a tour of the, of the truck. You know, it was just like my ranch truck and I was just going to quick YouTube video. Like here's a, you know, a, a ranch truck tour. Well, I got to the back of the, the headache rack and there was some strings hanging down. We call them pigging strings. And I said, if you ain't got pigging strings on the back of your truck, you ain't no cowboy. And it just <laughs> flew out. And in the video, my cameraman's filming. I just kept going. I was like, if you don't have a flatbed, you ain't no cowboy. If you don't have, so the video went from a tour of the truck to just organically turning into this, you ain't no cowboy. And Dale Brisby, of course, I got on no shirt, a vest. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a joke, but, and some people got pissed, you know, because they're like, they just didn't get the joke. Well, it's turned into like one of my things. I, we almost called the show instead of how to be a cowboy. I wanted to call it you ain't no cowboy, but it's funny. Cause I would never actually tell somebody that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Even you would walk up ben, to somebody and be like, Hey, you ain't no cowboy. But so what happened was <laughs> I, so now I've got like five or six videos with millions of views where I list the you ain't no cowboy rules. And now I got all these little kids running up to me at booths telling me i ain't no cowboy <laughs> and i know it's my fault but secretly it hurts my feelings because <laughs> i would <laughs> never tell somebody they ain't no cowboy and i don't want them to tell me that but i got i'm just like rub it off like hey hey yeah you just created your but, worst nightmare exactly. <laughs> you're now being called the worst thing that you could be called exactly yes yeah. <laughs> so so for for the the industry that you're in like so I, i've always been interested i i own a mini no i don't it's like four acres but I'm working my way up um, for like the ranching industry. So you you are you are a cowboy and you you ranch right? Like that's what yeah. you do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So d does is ranching all you do? Is that what pays the bill? Is that is that what keeps keeps the lights on? Like I look at it sometimes and I'm like, what wow. is ranching? Yeah. So that's actually so. There's a lot that you just hit me with. So that that that's actually where the show came from. Like that question. So I. Uh, 40, 50 messages a day, I would get people saying, how do I get started ranching? How do I get started rodeoing? And me and this production company, I was like, listen, this is a thing. The internet is showing this world to people and they want to know how to get started. So let's make a show after it. They were like, cool. But so for me, before I started, you know, I've got an apparel line. We were actually doing a commercial in here. I was not trying to make a plug out of this, <laughs> but like, you're good, bro. It this is good. a set. So, but, but anyways, I've got an apparel line, delbrisby.com. And, and then, you know, I've got clients that I create content for. And, um, 
and then I've got some sponsors. So that's my main source of revenue. But before I went full time, this like I was actually like I made my living horseback. Uh, like I, I was doctor and yearlings, which are like young cows, and uh, and I have my own cows, which I still do have those. But but um, the apparel. So you were line, le- you were leasing right to other to other uh, cattle to other people with cattle. So I've got I've got my own land that I've got some cows on, but then I also lease pastures from other people that I put my cows on those okay. on those pastures as well. Um, it's hard to make a living ranching. Hard, very hard. Way more challenging than what people think. And so that's kind of a wake up call for a lot of people that want to jump into this industry. Um, and then when you do make a living, it's not like a very good living. Like you realize pretty quick, oh, I can work way less and make more money doing other things. And yeah. then you're like, and then those people are like, oh, you guys do this just because you love it. And we're like, oh yeah, you think. Yeah. And, uh, but 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 there's there's ways you can put a spin on it, like a YouTube channel, you know. Um you know, there's ways to make it more interesting, but if you want to make money on just cows, getting started, because you got to have land, and those cows can't make a land payment. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so you got to be, you're you're taking care. I mean, you just bought a bunch of kids that now you have to fund, take care of, feed, make sure they stay safe, make sure they stay healthy, until at the end you can finally see your return. God willing, nothing happens to them in the meantime. Yes. So like, where I'm at. It takes 25 acres, 20, sometimes 20 acres to run a cow. So you got 100 acres, you can run five cows. If you're doing some interesting <laughs> stuff with the grass, if you're doing interesting stuff with the grass, like hell, even if it's 12 or 15, like that's not very many cows on 100 acres. That's so, not, no. Not I enough mean, to if, get your return on the land, especially if you're leasing it. You're going to sell those calves. Let's say it's 10. Let's say you, you 10 cows. You're going to sell the calves for 800 900 bucks. So let's go the high side, 900, 10 calves, that's $9,000 a year. <laughs> so and that, you know what and, I'm saying? and then the time, the hours, the early mornings, the late nights, you're not getting much an hour if you break it down that way. The land costs way more than 9 grand a year. The cow itself costs you 1500. So it's the third calf before she you you're even getting any of that money. You see what I'm saying? Like the oh, math man. for some people, you know, they're like, Oh, I want a ranch for a living. It'd be like, Okay, well, how much have you inherited? You know, <laughs> that's I, I man, see, I've I've thought that because I've looked at these people that run cows. I know some people run them just for for fun, for like pet purposes or just for almost status reasons to or, have or a cattle. tax write off. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen that, but Big then I, I hear these off. these ranchers, um, and and I just it, it I've just never been able to make full sense of it unless, like you said, you have some type of side hustle. I know some of them actually have like a fencing business on the side where they actually have contractors that that work under them that do that stuff. But it's so it's that's basically what you an see. entrepreneur thing. You see these cowboys, they'll have multiple streams of income. They're going to also train and sell horses. They're going to shoe horses. You mentioned a farrier. That's, they, they put shoes on horses. You know, they'll make anywhere from 100 to 125 bucks to put shoes on a horse. You know, it takes them about an hour. Uh, but it's hard work. Oh, yeah. Um, the back-breaking work, literally. Back-breaking work. Them jokers, you don't want to fight a farrier. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I honestly, farriers are fearless, man. Some of the horses, oh man, I'm like, you're really gonna put yourself, you're gonna put your head right where that thing kicks. <sighs> they got tough, they got strong hands. So then you'll see guys like that's why in the industry it's like, oh man, I can enter this rodeo and either rope or ride this bull, win me fifteen hundred this weekend. That's that's a lot of money for guys like us. That is crazy. It's a lot. It's so. Da- so so bronc riding. Ben, do you know anything about bronc riding? Bronco riding? Like yeah, like bronc. We bronc- we we took the O off. Oh, okay. I didn't. I wasn't yeah. aware. We, we didn't. We see. So we didn't hear about that yet. Yeah, John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne sent out a memo like in the '60s. We're like, uh, we're, we're we're done with the O. We're done Just with bronc. the O. It's too long. Just wrong. <laughs> yeah. Do you so know? What I know people been? get the people get seriously messed up sometimes. I mean, we yeah. I, the, the videos I always see is somebody wrecking off of a, the back of a horse or a bull. That or whatever makes the case may videos. be. Yeah. Um, Man, it it happens. I I had a question, and what what's the difference between bareback and and saddle bronc? Yeah, so great question. A lot of people get them confused. So uh, saddle bronco riding is um, like just like it sounds. It's got it's got a saddle on there, and your feet go in stirrups, and it's it's almost like a normal riding saddle, except it doesn't have a horn because you're not going to be roping anything, and uh, you've got to be in rhythm with the horse a certain way for it to be a successful ride bareback it's just this like leather and rawhide handle on the back of this horse and your hand gets run in there and it's like it's so, it's like so a, tight a bull riding hit, hitch up or whatever you call it similar to bull riding the the way you ride them is way different but it's like a suitcase handle that you're holding on to on the back of this horse way more wild like i said don't fight a farrier don't fight a bareback rider them some bucks are tough, man. So tough. so so obvious. So so bareback would be way more dangerous than than uh, saddle broncs. Uh, so they've each got their. It's 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 a unique. It would take me a while to answer in full length, but like bareback is the roughest on your body over the course of your career, but it's the easiest to learn. Saddle bronc is so hard to learn that it's super dangerous in the beginning, but once you learn it. You can do it the longest, and then bull riding would is is probably one of the more dangerous just because of what those bulls will do to you after that a horse won't. Hmm. They'll they'll come to you, flip you. I mean, they if you I watch a if you watch a horse buck, <laughs> if if you learn, they'll if just you, flip you over the fence, bro. No big deal. Let me just throw that out there. You, you know, if you ru- if you land under a horse. Like you'll see a lot of close calls where like a hoof goes right by a head. Well, that horse is trying to miss you. Like te- like he he'll try to miss you because they he's watching out for himself. He don't want to stumble, so they'll try. Bulls will not try to miss you. They're gonna step on you. They're gonna come back. They're gonna hook you. They're gonna. I mean, do most, people ever die doing this? Yes, they do. We we had a PBR. We lost a. Um, I, I I didn't know him personally, but um, a Brazilian bull rider passed away at a PBR event um, just like this month within the last Jeez. three or four weeks. Now, it's it's not like – you might hear of like one every couple of years. It's not like every weekend, something like that. It's a freak deal, you know. There's ways sure. to mitigate risk, but um, but it can what, happen. What's the What's the draw? Like, like, I mean, we all have our draws. I mean, we all play sports. We all do things that are dangerous that others wouldn't do. Um, bull riding, I think, I mean, obviously it's a select few p- 
people that do it. It's not like playing football or rugby. There's not major numbers of thousands of athletes that do right. it. There's not a local rec league you can sign your kid up for <laughs> to pull ride. Well, it's an elite group of people. I mean, but in the end, for someone who's going to do it, especially consistently and at a high level with these bulls that, I mean, are freaking massive, what's what's the draw? What's what's the the fascination with with bull riding for a bull rider? I mean, you're a bull rider. Man. What, what what makes you love it? Man, it's there's it's it's so hard to describe. It gives me chill bumps thinking about trying to describe it. Like it's the absolute epitome of freedom. Like when you're standing on the back of the buck and shoots, and like you, whether you're in Kissimmee, Florida, or Kildare, North Dakota, right up next to Canada, and and you entered and you paid your money and you drove up there or down there and you're about to ride this this bucking bull, bucking bronc, and you're trying to throw your name in the hat for $1,500. And the only reason the money, it means anything is because that's how they keep track of who's leading the season. Like a lot of these guys wouldn't give a crap about money if they used just a point system. But we got to keep track of the money because it's like this guy won the most money, so he's winning the world or whatever. But the point is, is like you're standing on the back of the bucking chutes and you can smell that fresh arena dirt and you're about to go to battle with this animal for eight seconds and just the thrill of the competition, like like I've got to execute because when the when the shoot opens, this sucker is zero to sixty every single time, and I can't have an off day. If I do, I'm bucked off. If I do, I'm bucked off. So there's these fundamentals that you have to execute. You got to put the danger factor aside. You got to control your emotions. The last time I got hurt. The bull rider before me is knocked out. This bull broke a guy's arm last night. Like, whatever it is. And then you've got to execute those. Man, it just, it grabs you. And then the camaraderie of, like, another cowboy going with you. Oh, there's nothing like it. It's so hard to explain, man. It's, but... I want in, man. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you, you, you talk about bull riding the way like I would talk about like my experience in like high school football or something yes, like that. Similar, very similar. Except like it's all on you. This is your thing, you know. Like, but yeah, like the if you think about it, like why would you line up to hit this guy and just try to get to that end of the field? I mean, in football, you don't even have like a monetary type draw to it at, at least for when we were in high school or college nfl maybe you know maybe of course in nfl but <laughs> yeah. but the point is it's just like at least this has like anyway it does have that same feeling but like it's on me you know it's it, remi not it reminds me like lining up i, I played defensive end in college and I'm, I'm a small guy i'm like i'm six foot i was playing at like 240 so i'm going against tackles and i'm talking about six eight three forty so like for me, like that when you said that, I'm thinking about this because my thing was like, I need to be honed in. I can't be getting in my head about the size of the guy. I got to do what I do best, not try to beat them at what they do best. Like my like when you were talking about standing on the shoe, like I'm sitting here yeah. like getting chills being like, oh, like because there, there is nothing like that. And I wish I could yeah. do it again. I wish I could do it for the rest of my life. But obviously, you know, age. You remember that feeling like you're on the sidelines. It's about to be first play. Their national anthem, whatever it is, and your boys are hype and you're like... And it's just like everybody's yelling, you know, like yeah. that feeling bunched up is what we feel standing on the back of the bucking shoots right before we ride. Same, same feeling, except like we get to go 
I'm going to go to Coleman Thursday. Then I'm going to go to Mesquite Saturday. I'm going to go enter up in, uh, you know, Apache, Oklahoma Saturday. You know, like we pick that. And it's like, that's why it's the epitome of freedom. Like I might sleep in underneath my car tonight, you know, in a parking lot. But like it's my car and I'm out there and I'm doing it and I'm driving all night to the next one. And dude, it grabs you. And then, of course, there is like, there, for some people, when you're the elite, there's a financial upside. Like, one of my good, really good friends is JB Mooney, arguably like the GOAT. And he's got, uh, he's won seven million in his 15 year career. You know, that's a lot of money. That's half and a that, is that a year. is that from purse only? Yes. So, so that's you're not, not even talking about sponsors, nothing that's like not that. The six figures that he'll get from this sponsor. Another six figures from this sponsor. Yeah. Like the one-off stuff. I, I, I have his merch line and and uh like I know the checks even I write him just for merch. And you <laughs> and uh anyway. That's crazy. So that there's a financial upside when you're the best. I've never heard an account like that from anybody in regards to something like bull riding. Um and, and you, you talk about it in a way that you know, anybody who was truly passionate about their craft or whatever it is they're into would talk about it. So, I mean, you mentioned earlier that your father was a man of God. And I noticed in your, uh, on your Instagram, you have written, um, what does it say? Uh, I'm a joke, but Jesus is not. Does, does that have any, uh, does that play any role um, on you when you're, when you're sitting there ready to do your thing? Absolutely. You know, the more miles you go, the more Bronx and Bulls you get on, the more, like, I don't understand how a guy could be a rodeo cowboy and not think about his relationship with the Lord. You know, like it just, it absolutely crosses your mind. Just, you know, um, I don't understand like being in this industry, like dealing with God's creation day in and day out, how you can't at least acknowledge the existence of God, but whenever you go down the road and, but yes, it absolutely plays. I mean, that's, a, you guys are asking all the right questions. Cause you know, it's, it's something that, that I think about. I, I think, and you're, you, and this is, this is an overused phrase or term, whatever, but like you speak with conviction. Like when you talk about it, it's crazy. Cause like what I I mean, I can't even see your eyes. You're wearing sunglasses, but when I see you speak, like I feel the same, <laughs> like, like, when I speak to people, whether it's, you know, motivating people for football or even, you know, when you're speaking to, you know, a hundred guys on a football team, like you and I right now with, with the three of us, four of us counting Daniel, what's up, Daniel, um, sitting here, like, like you got me like already wanting to like achieve something, you know what I mean? And, and I feel like when you have that conviction, when you have that sense of, of who your creator is, you, you live life with this sense of like, like freedom. Right where where you understand who actually has control, therefore you can let go. Right, and and oh, I feel man. like a lot of people hold on so tight to things, thinking that they have to hold on because because that's the only thing they have, and and like you said, I think I, I've never heard it said that way. But when you're bull riding, you you have to be, you have yeah. to understand and, and and be close with. I mean, I know that people would have different religions and whatnot, but in general, with something that's bigger than yourself, because if not, then. I mean, how could you possibly do that? Yeah. No, for me, it's, I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, Philippians one twenty one: to live as Christ, to die as gain, you know? And so, I don't know. I try to think of it through, through that lens, you know? I mean, the scarier part is stuff happening close to death and then you don't die. But 
I mean, I won't go into that. I don't even like to talk about it. But essentially, you know, I've 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 buried a bunch of family members, in, including my old man. And so, like, I guess maybe seeing that and then experiencing enough injuries and having to have the surgeries and getting knocked out, it's, you know, it's just like next time you step up on the back of the buck and shoots, you know, it's just like, hold up. Let me make sure. <laughs> yeah, we're good, aren't we, God? Yeah, we're good. Okay, we're good, God. Yeah. That That's – Man, I I need to get I need to I need to come out and get on a bull, man. I got I gotta I gotta feel this, man. You you <laughs> you you guys probably flown before. Yeah, like, sure. You know, you get in a plane and right before they're like turn your phone off and you're just like Man, I'm gonna text this one person just in case <laughs> this plane goes down. Like, you know, what I mean? it's kinda like mm-hmm. it's kinda like that feeling, you know, it's just like, man, just in case, just in case this plane goes it's down. It's always that little shadow of a doubt in the back of your head. Yeah. We don't. We don't have. We don't have yeah. it. We we can't do much about much. Uh, yeah. We can just do what we can about what we have. So for for the running of your ranch, like, are you like, is it insanely difficult? Is it long hours? Is is anything easy? Man, so when th- when when I got full time with like social media and the apparel company, um, I lost a lease. On, on some cows and I had to sell a few of the cows and I kind of scaled down a little bit. Um, and it's still a full-time job. What I do with cows on the side as is, but like it wasn't what it used to be, you know, whenever I was like making a living doctor and other people's cattle and then, you know, tending my own. But, um, but like the ranching in general, there is always something to do all the time every day and so like the interns i've got six here that work for me uh interns right now that that came here on the intern program and uh three of them work in the office like editing and stuff but the other three they're kind of on the ranch and like i got enough to keep them busy all the time you know so uh it's it's but i do that i let them you know i'll teach them and i like tomorrow morning we're gonna go pick up bulls we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll be seven of us horseback and we're going to, we're going to, uh, you know, you don't leave your bulls out on your cows year round. Some people do, and that's fine, but I don't. And so we're going to go pick them up and, uh, we'll, we'll gather those bulls and, and they'll get to go and learn how to do that. So. So, I mean, when a lot of people, and I say a lot of people, when they picture this idea of a cowboy, you know, what I think you do is, you know, you go to the saloon, you play poker, you drink whiskey out of a bottle that's got X's on it, you know, <laughs> you sleep under the stars by campfire at night. A spittoon. Obviously, hey, I, I, got spit a, a I got spittoon. a spittoon right behind me. It's an old, it's an old uh, railway spittoon. Uh, from I, saw, like, I saw that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I was way off on that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely have a, a much bigger appreciation than I did. Um, so I have a, a list of uh, cowboy items. I want to ask if you own them or use them in any way. Number one was a spittoon. <laughs> I, I personally don't uh, dip tobacco, so I don't have one. Sure. And that's respectable. Good for you. It's bad for you. <laughs> Number two is a uh, a double action revolver. A double action. Yes. Yeah, I got you know, a couple of those. Very nice. Yeah. Every, yeah. You, they're functional. You shoot them. Oh yeah, I actually so my great great granddad was a Texas Ranger and um I have his service revolver that he used back in the day. So yeah, so I got, but I, I I shot it when I was a kid and then 
some people were making fun of me because it's like, man, this is like a $20,000 gun that you're just out there shooting. It's like popping around. <laughs> but I was like, well, it's not like I'm going to sell the damn thing. Like, I mean, it's not. Anyway. Yeah, well, you're going to uh, keep it, hang it up. It still looks pretty. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but yes, to answer your question, I do have one. Super cool. Um, do people still challenge each other to duels? <sighs> yeah, but, you know, in my circles, it's more of a buck off. You know, like, let's see. Ah. You know, a uh, match, like a match open or match bull riding, match bronc riding. I saw that. No kidding. So is it over that, some that sort of disagreement? Like, how no, does that work? I mean, it's just a friendly competition. Like, there's two guys uh, did a match roping the other day, buddies of mine, both world champions, uh, Shad Mayfield and Tough Cooper. Um, not too far from where you live, John, but uh, yeah, really Stephenville more. I guess it's like an hour okay. from you. It's not too but, bad. Yes, yeah, right. But yeah, it was a match roping. They go there and. It's a very short event. They both rope like two calves each. So that's our version of a duel. To answer your question, Ben. Last last one on the list is what, what's your favorite pickup truck? Ooh, I would say my first gen. I got a first gen. Uh, square body, 1993 Dodge. So nice. Wow. My everyday driver is a Ford, but I like the first gen. It's still, it's still trucking. It's got nostalgia now. Yeah, so... It's on my, t- it's on my, well, by the time this comes out, it won't be on my Snapchat, but one of my interns, I don't know any, I don't know crap. I could change the oil in it because it's a first gen, but like, I don't know crap about him. He was like, he got it running today. Hadn't been running in a year. I was Snapchatting and just dust flew when this engine, this Cummins fired Man, up. Man, that's, that's, that, I've, I've never, I've wanted a flatbed, but I've never, I, y'all throw anything on a flatbed and y'all go eddy down the highway and i'm like y'all your dog's back there on your yeti which your yeti's not strapped down and you got a bag of grain back there nothing strapped down and y'all just going 80 i don't get it man you 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 know the type like you're not that's it you described I, it to a t <laughs> yeah it. see i i they live all around me yeah so. I, it's it's impressive what those flatbeds can do. So so for ranching, have you? I mean, and, and I don't want to get too far into politics. I know I know you're famous now, and people don't like to talk about it. But have you felt any repercussions over the last year, four years, five years? You might as well go five years due to you know legislation or anything here happening in Texas. Or there are a lot of conspiracy theories about farmers and ranchers. Man, there's always stuff that comes up that like you mean like pushback from like. Uh, like politicians or politics that come yeah to or, or, or like regulations that they're trying to like lay down on you that's just making it more difficult to produce like i know a lot of people have had hard times producing uh um crops due to not not producing them but due to like the the um expenses and how they're how they're climbing um and i know you know just product is higher right it costs more so you have to sell for more if you can Man, there's been some little ones that really scare people. You know, it's really the kind of stuff that makes me nervous are people talking about just, shoot, I don't know, like like talking about the how cows are the reason for climate change and global warming because they <laughs> fart and stuff. Like it's just oh. like just the the obscene and and just the 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 way that that even made a headline like so <laughs> ridiculous that just like. Surely the author that listened to whoever said that was like, man, I don't know if I should put this on paper. You know, like, <laughs> surely he thought that, you know, but like, there's just some idiotic things that come up like that, that, that just like, man, that's not good for anybody. And it's obviously, you know, just rubbish. But other than that kind of stuff, like, 
I don't know about the farming side of things. Like, I don't know about the farming side of things at all. The one thing that was like really interesting was like during the pandemic, uh, you know, I don't know if we can say that word on here, but like there was, uh, it was crazy. Like the price of beef, I don't know if you guys remember, but like you go in the grocery store, what would normally be like maybe a three or four dollar, whatever cut of meat, like you're paying nine and a half, 10, 11, 12 dollars. Well, like, on our side of things, on our end of the food chain, we didn't see a dime of that. Like the 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 yeah. cow prices, cattle prices, like fat cattle, like somebody in the middle was getting paid, but it was, it that was not. Us. I bet. I bet the the truckers the, or something. The packers were like killing it, <clears throat> and yeah, we never. So, so, I'm sorry. I mean, I've, you uh, you make beef cows, not dairy cows. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Hundred percent. Would a cowboy technically be someone who has dairy cows? Man, dairy cattle, the dairy business—they don't necessarily need a lot of cowboys because it's like just—it's more like a farmish. Yeah, it's thing. more of a farm feel. Like them, them dairy cows—they just kind of walk in there and then you milk them, you know. And that's it. So and then back yeah. in their corral kind of thing. Yeah, but it's okay, like, Ben. One day I'll have you out here. We can we can go tour some. I'm telling you, man. Someday I got to come on down to Texas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, get a I taste think, of freedom. Man, I, no, that ain't no lie. But um, <laughs> golly, I, I just I hope that Texas can help keep this whole country in God's good graces for a little longer. Whew. Yeah, it's. I, I'm originally from California. I moved here from California. Went to college in Kansas and and got a taste of the Midwest. Um, but having moved here, man, like like everybody warned you, like watch out for the good old boys, watch out for this and that. Texas, man, red state, worry about it. Dude, I have a T-shirt from my clothing line that says "Hearts are bigger in Texas." I I have not That's experienced more just just it's it. I don't even know how to say, just love from people that yeah. I don't even know and and have only met once. Like I mean, when I yeah. first moved out here in the country, all the neighbors from probably you know a hundred acres around right. show up. Hey, we're so and so. We go to the cowboy church down the street. Hey, we're so and so. We yeah. we live right over there. If you take a left and by the tree, it's the it's the cabin. And and just I mean, have don't know me from Adam. Just a yeah. random black dude in the middle in the middle of the yeah. country. Not one bit of judgment. Not one concern. Not one worry in the world. Just like if you need something, th- this is where we're at. And and you know if you need you know someone to watch your daughters, if you need someone to you know do whatever, if you just give us a call, they give me their number. Apparently everybody, I, do you have, do you have a business card? Everybody gives me a business card, even though they don't even have a job. He's like retired <laughs> for twenty years. He's like, here's my business card. I'm like, you just you name no a number. You don't do yeah, nothing. Yeah, you, you don't do business. I, so, I don't think I ever asked you, John. Why did you move from California to Texas? Uh oh man, a lot of reasons. One was I went to college in Kansas, right? And, and I, I played football there, so I got a scholarship to go there. West played there. Uh no, I went to Ottawa. Okay, cool. Ottawa yeah, University, yeah. Um, and we did play Kansas Westland though. Uh K dub, garbage. Um, but uh got a taste of Midwest, bought my first house when I was there. I, I bought a I bought a foreclosure for thirty two thousand dollars. And nice. um I lived my whole life in California. I've always wanted to be I don't want to say rich, but I've always wanted to do what I want to do. And in California, I'm like, I'm never going to be able to have just like, you know, 1.3 mil to buy five acres, a house and a horse. Like I, I would never be able to do that in California. And I'm like, I don't want to wait till I'm 50 till I enjoy life. And I didn't know there's anything else. And then I went to college kind of by force and I saw it and I'm like, man, that's awesome. Moved back to California after college for six months. And then I said, this sucks. 
A couple acres in California cost $150 billion. Yeah, no, I was depressed. I was like sitting there. I'm like, man, so, so. Uh, my wife and I and our one daughter at the time were like, nah, we got to go. Like, let's let's look for a university city. Let's look for somewhere that has good investments where we can buy old properties, fix them up, sell them. Um, and that's how we kind of landed here in Crawford. And um, man, just it, it, it's crazy. It, opportunity comes when, when you look for it, right? Everybody thinks it's supposed to drop in front of you on a plate being like, here, this one has your name on it. But you have to assess what you want in life and then you have to go chase it. And that's what opportunity is. So that's what, that's what I did. And, and I've never, and, and honestly, I went back to California for Christmas. I think I've told you this a couple of times, but went back to California for Christmas for about a month. And the weirdest thing is as soon as I crossed the border, coming back home, as soon as I crossed the Texas border, just a huge sigh of relief. Like I felt home, which is the weirdest thing. When you leave home, like home, home, and you get somewhere else and you feel like you're home, it was the weirdest feeling. And I was talking to my wife about it and I'm like, because she felt the same thing. Like we didn't even say anything. Like we drove in, we pulled into the gas station, like the first gas station in Texas. We hop out and we both just like smiled. We're just like, oh, like it just, yeah. the, the people look at you different. The, 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 I don't even know how to explain it. It was just different. And then since then I'm like, we have- Especially a, <laughs> since Texas is almost a, like a different country nowadays. Yeah, it I mean, is compared to the you know compared to somewhere like Maryland or California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, it's I, I, I I go all over like uh, like rodeoing, you know, and and there's usually you go to a rodeo like in all the I've not rodeoed in California, but you go to rodeos like in all these different states and stuff. Like as a rodeo competitor, you kind of feel at home because you're with some pretty like-minded individuals behind the buck and shoot. But like, I went to a rodeo in France once, Costa Rica, Canada, and like, it's the same thing. Like, I go on those trips, even outside of, te- I get back to Texas and it's just like, I just want to like lay on the ground and hug <laughs> it, you know? But, <laughs> yeah, it, it I can is. imagine the feeling. Where are you from, Ben? Where do you live? Uh, born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. So, yeah, blue state up here in the the mid Atlantic. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a different, whole different cloud. Never been to Texas. Always wanted Baltimore. to go. Baltimore, Baltimore. Yeah, you got to say with a with an L and a D, not a, a T. D. Yeah, I got I got a, I got an intern here from from Baltimore, uh, and he was the chicken farmer. Got a mullet, and he said nice. he told his mom he ain't never going back. Like she can visit him here. He said if I fire him, he's gonna go work at Whataburger in Graham <laughs> and just like hang out with us in the evenings. I can imagine, man, between the, you know, the weather and the climate and just the cultural atmosphere, I, I, I can probably understand where he's coming from, even though I've never been even been to Texas. Especially when y'all lost Tom Brady. Mm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dang. That's, that you're talking hurt, about Boston. It? You're talking, you're talking, <laughs> wait. Oh, yeah, you're talking about, I was like, Baltimore? I'm like, you're talking about Joe Flacco? No, no, no we got, no, we got I'm not Jackson. talking about Baltimore. Like, I don't know, yeah, I'm just you're saying, talking, you're like, about the, just the, the, the mid-Atlantic area, yeah. Yeah, y'all, I didn't, y'all I didn't really know. you do have nothing. I assumed y'all were you were a Tom Brady fan, but maybe not. No, no, we got the Baltimore Ravens here, man. We we got the the MVP. But um, wait, who? Time out. I don't watch football. Lamar Jackson. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. he was good in college. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's a pretty good dude. Um, so So, sorry, Daniel. I'm trying not to move my. I was going to say. So um, you know what? uh, Dale Brisby on a on a you know a Friday night, all the chores are done. You got done everything. You're not traveling. You're not you know working on the show or anything. What what do you do to relax? What what does a a night off look like for Dale? Man, most of the time we find ourselves like just 
sitting around i got this little room behind my house called rodeo blues where we'll be like sitting on a spur board somebody will be sitting in their saddle their bronc saddle and we're just kind of i mean same as it is for everybody except we got different sounds around us you know where you know you can hear a coyote you can hear the a bull over there ball and stuff like that so just hang out shoot the shit guys. with the boys yeah yeah but cool. the best kind of friday night is when we're on the back of the buck and shoots so sure sure but so that, um go ahead go ahead john i, I was just gonna say that's that's how you know when you, you do something you love like recently I've, I've been working probably 15 hour days it doesn't feel like work but when when what you do is it, it's hard to say what you do to relax because you know you, you work until until you're, you're sitting down and going to bed and then that's pretty much like you feel accomplished like you, you're you feel yeah. content like people ask me what i do for fun i'm like well the only time i really sit down and don't do something is like when I'm on a podcast. Other than that, I'd be trying to figure out new designs, trying to figure out marketing strategies, trying to feel like content, you know, new construct. Like you did that. I just love doing it. It doesn't feel like 100%. Work. 100%. And that's what, man, like anymore, like, you know, like I say, I, I, I've got this company and more like the entrepreneur side of things is what fills up most of my day. So like we've got 12 employees in here in this, in this warehouse for apparel, you know? And so like, new designs, you know, new content, same stuff you're talking about. And I feel like you, you were you going to say construction? You're talking about real estate. You got real estate, John? You, you ended I, do, like- I do. I do real estate and I own a construction company. That, that I, I originally moved out here to buy property and then I started a construction company on accident and eh, not really accident, but I, that's I started the best kind of what, that's <laughs> the best way to start them. Yeah. Cause you, you're doing something that you want and then you monetize it basically. But that, yep. that's what I did. And now, yeah, we do Airbnbs, uh, short-term rental pretty much. And then like flips, here and there, but since I've been doing more content, we've kind of scaled back. But I'm looking to do looking to do more here and kind of add to that Dang. portfolio soon. That's awesome. Yeah, I've so. got I got a few rent houses. We just put an Airbnb here in front of the warehouse. It's my only one. We're just kind of testing that. But I do love me some real estate. Like I, I just I've always dude land land and property. I mean, you know, I was talking to a friend today that. He he his uh, his friend inherited like 500 acres. His dad bought it back in like the 50s. Didn't touch it. Didn't even run anything on it. They just bought it, and it just sat there. And na- and now it's just a pile of money. So you could do yeah. something with it and continue to grow that, or you can sell it and you, and you literally it's just they're not making any more of it. I mean, it's a cliche thing to say, but yeah. real estate, no no matter what you do with it, it, it will be valuable to either you or or your children or your family or something at some point. Um, you yeah. can't go wrong. There will continue to be more people on this planet, but there will never be more land unless the yeah. vaccine works. Wait, I mean, doesn't and or if and <laughs> if they you know they say global warming is a thing. If that's a thing, there's going to be less land. According they to try them. to blame right. global warming on California all the time, and, and and having so so my wife's parents have an 800 acre in California, um, in up by Fresno, and it burns. It burns up there all the time. Every single year, it burns because all the public land you're not allowed. I mean, they just pass it. I think you can. But previously, you couldn't clear it, and I'm like, what? Every rancher, every farmer knows if you if you leave land for years and years and years, it's gonna burn, and it's gonna burn hot because yeah. you have insane ground cover, and that's what California did does, and then they they just completely ignore that, and I'm like, gosh, guys, it is. I yeah. mean, just get someone out there with a level head just to be like, your ground is is 12 inches covered in in leaves, sticks, and all this different stuff. You drop a cigarette, it's going up. Like yeah, it's, it's the same stuff that we grab to start a fire. <laughs> you know, it's like kindling. Like kindling. It's like, that's like what this is. 
you know, it's just like a farm for it. And it's just somebody flicks a cigarette. Literally fuel all over the ground. Man, there's all, I mean, like there's been fires like over the prairie. Like there's not a lot of prairies left because people have suppressed fire. You know, like yeah. like they they've suppressed it. And, you know, we don't want to, our houses catch on fire. That's fine. But essentially like all the, you know, we've changed the way this, this countryside works because we're adding so many people to it. Well, then, like, every now and then you get this fire pop up because that's what happens in nature. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, cows are farting too much. (laughs) I swear that's something. That's not how they tell it around here. Uh, It's all the cows, all them southern property owners. That's the problem. I don't know. Headline (laughs) readers, man. That's what everybody's are these days. Headline readers. It's it's crazy. But when you think about so so I want I want to ask you about so you got into YouTube, you got into Instagram and all this different stuff. What was the like what was the moment when you're like, I can do this? Like 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 this is something that that could make money. Man, we I made a so I was like prank phone calling people and doing stuff on a little bit of stuff on social media in like 2010 and we made our first video it was released July 1st 2013 and a buddy of mine put the video on the internet and he gave me the login and I had been doing Facebook a little bit but um it kind of went around the rodeo circles it wasn't viral by mainstream memes by mainstream media means um but it was in our circles, a lot of people heard about it. And so, like, I was like, I love making people laugh. And, um, you know, this is my wheelhouse. I'm rodeoing. And so I was like, well, let me make another one. Let me make another one. Let me make another one. And I had found this rodeo time cap at a rodeo in Woodstown, New Jersey. And they had a flea market. And, I fa- and, and so um, I made a bunch of videos, and these kids started, like, having this cap made like a one-off they'd go into an embroidery shop and say i want the, a rodeo time on this cap and they would tag me on facebook and so i was like well i mean that's just the next thing but like i'd already been making videos for a couple of years just making people laugh and i'd been wearing this rodeo time cap and so we start the brand rodeo time and start putting it on shirts and then you know the entrepreneur side of me that was selling yo-yos in third grade on field trips so i could have <laughs> lunch money was like oh, this is reap what you sow. And uh, the more videos I make means the bigger my brand gets, which then means the more stuff I sell. Um, and a guy told me, actually a rodeo cowboy when I was young, he was like, anybody that ever got rich, like rich, rich, did it through sales. You know what I mean? Yeah. They made a lot of money really quick. They did it through sales. You know, and some people could argue also real estate, which I get, but like, they had to get that money in the beginning somehow. You know, Jerry Jones sells them football tickets, you know, and uh, Bill Gates sells computers, you know. And so I always had that in the back of my mind that if you were a salesman, you would always survive somehow. Like, you're not going to go hungry if you're a salesman, you know. Yeah. Even if you don't get rich, you could probably at least feed yourself. And so anyway, then I realized, again, reap what you sow. And the the internet, you know, just let me create this system of rinse and repeat rinse and repeat like and then i mean you guys i'm sure have heard of gary v like i bought into (laughs) i bought into gary v's content like deep like five years ago do you do you still listen to him though yeah 
You yeah, do? Pretty, oh man, yeah. I can't listen to him at all. You can't. I, I I dove deep, deep, deep into. It. I, I'm talking about every time I was driving, working Gary V in the ears. No matter what, I mean, I was in there remodeling yeah. houses, crawling under houses. Gary V in my ears because I, you know, he had great stuff to say. But about a year after listening to him, I'm like this dude says the same thing over yeah. and over and over and over again. And I had to stop. But but then I started doing. So I mean, I I, re- I love the dude's content. I respect it. But yeah. I just started doing it, and I couldn't listen to it anymore because I'm like, yeah. like then I'm like then I'm saying it before he's saying it. And I'm like, come on, guys, just get it, just do it. It's just make content, just put it out there. And you know, he says that he's like, at some point, you got to stop listening to me, and you got to go yep. do it. So like yep. he would, re- even he would respect. See, I'm talking like I am here. Like I, I listen to his <laughs> stuff enough too. But like yeah. he would respect that answer because it's like. But anyways, he's got, and you know, John, he's got like this playbook for social media, you know. And if you implement those, and so I did, but one thing that he drilled in to my head was like, you got to bring more value to them than they do you. And in the end, it'll work out, you know? And so like, I did, like, I think it was last Black Friday. I looked and I counted up on my Instagram and I had posted like 254 posts without saying my website, without saying I had merch. Like, and so... I felt good about that. It's like I'm not coming. I'm not too salesy, you know. Yeah, sure. And that's a big worry for me because, like, I, I intentionally don't say stuff about it because I I don't I don't want to bog down my content with I'm trying to take your money because in the end I I didn't start I didn't start to take like I didn't I didn't do that. So like I know what you mean where you're like you don't want to lose your brand and who you are and the essence of your message yep. by being like go buy my merch go buy my merch go buy my merch yeah and. And that that's it's 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 a it's a weird balance. It's it's difficult to be honest. It's like I love sales, but I hate sales, you know? Yeah. And so at the end of the day, like when you do what we do, like you gotta you gotta eventually pay the bills. You can't just do it for free for so long that all of a sudden then you're just not doing it anymore because you gotta go work at work. Bank of America. Right, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's and that's another thing, especially in in, in what I m- the content I make. I mean, I, I I piss off half the well half the world, pretty yeah. much with everything I say. So that's when I really started doubling down, and you know, like I, I don't even call it merch; like it is an actual standalone clothing brand. Um, we have other things in the works because now I need to find income that doesn't bank on someone else not hating me, right? Like. Yeah. I can't go out and be like, yeah, I'm going to go work for AT&T and then AT&T sees my content. They're like, you're not work. Like, I don't have that option anymore. I've, I've polarized most mainstream large brands from working with me. You you're know, canceled, man. Oh, I've been, ca- uh, oh. And, bro, <laughs> I gotta say there's nothing better. Like I did a partnership with Lowe's. I've done a couple of them with Lowe's. I did one with Lowe's that I'm still actually in the process of doing it. Um, it's like a pretty long campaign. But as soon as I first posted their content, like the three videos after that are like the most hardcore political videos. So I'm like, Lowe's is pushing my account right now when my account is like just littered with just like call to action, like just wake up everybody. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. probably should have waited. It's go time. <laughs> <laughs> the world's falling apart. But I, I should have waited. I should have no, waited. Uh, man, uh, well, I was thinking about it the other day. I was reading, you know, like, Jesus was the first. I mean, like he got canceled. Oh. They tried to cancel him for, and I because I was just thinking about like people getting canceled. The first person who ever like, got canceled. I was like, man, Jesus got canceled pretty hard. Like anybody getting canceled today can't complain too much. But like, I don't know. Maybe that means we're doing something right. We're, yeah, you know? we're keeping you know? keeping the. 
I mean, they put that some buck on a cross, you know. I, I'm not trying to become a preacher right now, but it just kind of hit me, you know, like because the you, you we never used to use that word that way, you know. It's kind of like you know, getting you know woke, and there's a lot of these words that are like they're getting used in a sentence differently, and so like I, it just hit me. I was like, whoa. Jesus got canceled before it was even a word. <laughs> yeah. And and that's what's crazy is the 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 terminology we're using now. I think Ben I don't know if we talked about it. I, I make yeah, anyway. Um, but we were talking about just like the terminology that just has popped up and we're like, this was never like you got like sh- like shelter in place that makes total sense to me now. But like two years ago, I'd be like, Can you please define, can you use it in a sentence, please? Like but now we just throw them out there and it's all these words. Like 2020 has introduced more new words, new definitions, and new phrases than than I've seen in my entire life in all 29 years. Man, the one thing that that I mean, it's just like none of this was a surprise to God. You know? Yeah. He knew all this that's was true. coming. That's that's my comfort, you know. Like know. we can each thing. we can each we can each do only what we can do, but like March of 2020. Or February, God knew that like some stuff was gonna go down, you know. So, so with that being said, I, I have a question that I I've struggled with a lot because I did have a following prior to talking about politics and talking about everything that's going on. You obviously have a lot bigger following in every aspect, and now you're you know you have your Netflix show, you know, famous. What? How do you feel about? So I've talked to people with large social media followings on on Instagram privately, and I'm not gonna mention names, but. We talk about politics. We talk about what's happening in the world. We talk about you know the biblical meanings and, and just how things are unfolding in our today world. But none of them, and with respect, I don't mean disrespect in any way by this. None of them will put it out on their profile. None of them will will mention it or even hint towards it due to the fact that they're going to polarize people. Right? They're going to lose yeah. most likely income, um, and at the bare minimum, they're going to lose followers. So. I fully understand it. I've I've battled. I've gone. I mean, Ben's kind of seen it. I've gone back and forth where I'm like, I'm not going to post any more about politics. I'm not going to post any more about current events because I keep yeah. getting canceled. I keep losing money. I keep losing deals and brands. What's your feeling on that for people? You know, that have the following to to make a difference, but yeah. don't want to speak out because I because I I get it, but I want to know. I want to make sure that you know other people have their own their own point of views on that too. Yeah, man, uh, that's a good question. And I think that it's something I thought about long before 2020. I mean, like a few years back, you know, like, and I had this conversation with my with my preacher early on whenever I first really started putting out content um, habitually, like every day, you know, because early on, like if you saw me at a rodeo behind the shoots, like I we're not, I'm not only going to lead the prayer, but like I'm going to have a word. Like I'm gonna open the Bible, you know, and so like I thought I talked to my pre- and and this this what I'm gonna say is kind of goes along with not only like my my belief in the Lord but also uh, politics, but like and so um, I I kind of felt convicted. I was like, you know, what should I do? His name's Jamin Roller. He he he's a pastor. Was under Matt Chandler helped him start Citizens Church in Plano. Jamin, shout out to Jamin, good buddy of mine, uh, one of my best friends actually. So anyway. Uh, I was like, man, what do I, what do I do? Cause like now there's people watching, I've got this, but my path on social media had come about in a certain way where it was clear, not only to my audience, but to me, that like, I'm a comedian and I'm here to make people laugh. And, and 
the way all the little details, you know, that we don't have time to talk about on this podcast that brought me to where I'm at, it was absolutely certain and clear to me and those closest to me that saw it come together that it was God's plan. You know, like I didn't plan where I'm at today. Couldn't have dreamt it up in a million years because to be honest, the job we all have right now didn't exist. So like you couldn't have planned it if you wanted to. So like God put me here. Like I'm a comedian, cowboy background. My old man was an ag teacher too. So like I had this FFA public speaking experience that came into play with a camera and like God just put me here. And um, and Jamin was like, I want you, I think you should respect where God put you for right now. A lot of your ministry might be one-on-one. You know, my interns, uh, the people that work for me, people that come up to me in a booth, I'll, I'll, you, you'll see me talk about it some. You saw it in my bio. And then I've always felt that there may come a time when your boy has to stand up. I'll know it, and I pray every day. Lord, when that time comes where I need to say something on whatever platform it is, I pray that my heart is in a spot where I see, I feel it, I see it, and I have the courage to do it. And if I need to be canceled, then so be it. And the money, you know, God's going to, I'll be fine. The cost of living where I live is not very high. So if whether it's politics or my faith or my, because, I mean, you can get canceled for your faith today, 100%. 100%. You ain't even got to say who you voted for. Yeah, like Christian, oh, like, like you could be gay, you could be anything under the sun, but you come out Christian, that's the biggest cancel. Dude, like... Uh, you could you could wear a cross necklace and someone might look at you like and so lord willing this country is not close to that and hopefully it doesn't happen in our four lifetimes but but i've just in my mind to you know i want to respect where god put me right. and the reasons he put me here but um but at the end of the day like i'm looking for that opportunity where uh he's going to say hey now's the time I need you to stand up for me. I haven't felt like that overwhelming thing yet, you know. I'm just, I'm not a, I don't feel myself as a career politician, you know. Like, there's certain people that got certain voices that are way better, you know, wordsmiths than I, they're smarter than I am. They know things that I don't know. And um, I'll let them be the voice for now until my time comes, I guess. I don't know. It's the yeah. first time I've talked about that. Really? That's 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 probably one of the best answers I've ever gotten because I I I fully understand that and I've had many conversations like you said in private where um it, it's like is is this what I'm called to do right because again we all we all have our gifts we all have our abilities and they need to be maximized I I think there's a time for everyone to kind of I don't I want to say stand up but like. Feel it, feel that their voice is what is needed at that time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like uh, sometimes people speak too early, or sometimes people speak on things they don't know, and and you might lose credibility. But if you wait another two years and you're like, hey, I really think it needs to be now, you might touch ten thousand more lives or a hundred thousand more lives by being patient and building people's or or yeah, building right. people's trust in that time. So, and yeah, I, I fully man, that that's that was a good and 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 you know answer. the other thing, like, I mean, you watch any of my content. You can probably make some pretty safe assumptions on what a guy like me thinks and believes. And like, you ain't got to look in my closet 
to know what might be in there with a clip that has more than what they want in it. And, you know, like, that. yeah, I'm probably, they're going to, but, and so with them seeing that and like, then all of a sudden knowing that I, they can have a, a loving conversation with me that's not like where I lead by example, where I'm not just like, you know, I don't know, like, like I'm pretty receptive to, for instance, when we filmed the show, like, there were some people on the crew from California that uh, they 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 most likely believed different than I did, but yeah. that did not stop me from like welcoming them to my home for two months with open arms and genuine love and kindness, you know. And then we parted as friends. There's things we never talked about that it's just like. And I'm not just saying just because they're from California. Like, we just had a lot of conversations here and there that were, you know, and, and uh, anyway. But, the, but that's, but the that speaks is, volumes, though. Like, that's that's something that, that for me, like, and I said it a while ago, and it's super cheesy, but it's hate always gets the loudest reaction, but love changes hearts, right? That's so, it, like, man. those people might go home, and they, they never said anything to you about anything, but they saw the way you lived life. And yeah. they, they go home, and they're like, man, there was something different about that guy. That's like, what like, that's that's it. That's what I hope to leave, you know. And and I learned too that like in rodeo, like I said early on, like I felt obligated. Not only do I need to lead prayer, but I need to lead, you know, a quick word. And I felt obligated. But then I realized too that like, man, life is long, and you need to sometimes you do need to say. This is what I believe. This is what the Bible says. And this is what, you know, you need to say those things. But what speaks hmm. louder than that is how you live. And because now I've known some of these rodeo cowboys for 15 years. And they've watched me live for 15 years. And if I wasn't living what I was saying, then what I'm saying doesn't hold much weight, you know. But if if now all of a sudden, you know, Maybe they've heard me say it, maybe they haven't, but my actions are speaking those words. That's pretty heavy, you know, like that's that means more to those guys than, you know. And then when I do say it, they're like, yeah, this he means that, you know, hopefully. So you mentioned, you know, you haven't felt that um, that sort of pulling or that, you know, God hasn't told you that this is the time, this is the time you need to speak up and, and speak up for me. And I think, you know, whether it's a man thing or a Christian thing or whatever the case may be, we all, you know, sort of live our lives and hope and maybe even pray that that day comes, that 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 God puts that test in front of us. Because one, it's just, I think that's just, you know, what what the essence of being a man is. And two, it's because, it's because we hope that we can, you know, ace that test. We look forward to that test because we know that's a hundred, but that's the reason we're here on this planet. So, I mean, I mean, I, I, I consider myself a born again Christian. Um, one day I, I walked out on the, on, on the porch and my mother was going through sort of a midlife crisis and my parents both sat me down out of nowhere. I mean, we'd always, always been church people, but my parents had never really talked to God, talked to me about God like that. And they sat me down on the front porch. I was 13. And they said, do you accept Jesus as your, you know, to, you know, into your heart? And I forgot exactly what they said, but I was like, you know, yeah, of course. And at the time, I didn't really get it, but it was probably maybe a couple years later. I was dating a, a girl I dated in high school, and I was at this uh, this huge like Christian convention with her, and there was this concert going on. 
And this guy, he was leading a crowd. It was this this whole convention center, probably, you know, 50,000 people there. And he said, if you feel like you've been called to do God's work here tonight, I want you to come up here in front of the stage. And I looked around and like not a whole lot of people were moving. And I'm like, aren't we all called here to do God's work? Like, like, isn't, shouldn't everybody be rushing the stage right now? Nobody was moving. So I stood up little, you know, 14 year old me and everybody's looking at me. And at the time I was like, really like, you know, nervous. I was kind of trembling. And that was completely like not my element. And I walked up and, uh, you know, he, he gave a, a quick sermon, gave, you know, gave some words to the crowd. And afterward, the preacher that was leading this convention that I was at, you know, with my girlfriend at the time, he came up to me and he gave me a, uh, a Bible as a gift. And he told me to start at the beginning of the New Testament and read to the end and then start the entire thing over. And I think that night, that moment there, it was actually in Ocean City, Maryland here. I think that was the, my moment of being born again. So with that, I always remember the why, and I'm always, you know, waiting for that moment that God's going to call me to do something extraordinary. Yeah. No, man, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Because it's not about the words, you know, that you, that you, I th- you know, like the, that people talk about the sinner's prayer, but like, there's not technically a sinner's prayer in the Bible, but you know, you say those words that really are more a reflection of your heart. That's an awesome story. Cause it's like, it's like you know how real that was, and you know it was from the heart. That's cool. That's that's really that's cool. that's awesome. I can't believe I've never heard that story, Ben. Thanks for just now telling me that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's that again. Just like like Dale said, that's that's you have to feel it, right? I, my parents did the same thing for me. That like I was young, I didn't understand. I was like, well, if you guys are, then like I am, because obviously, right? You don't actually change your life, right? It's just something that you say yes to because, you know, it's their, your parents. Um, so I definitely know what it's like to, to have these, the, the unconscious, yes, sure, whatever, and then the conscious down the road when you actually are doing it for yourself, not for your parents. And there's, and there's a big difference. And, I, and, I've, and I'll, be, I'll be honest, I've struggled with it mainly because, um, I, like, like we've talked about a couple times on this podcast, is um, so many people will constantly tell me, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And then I'll watch just the judgment that comes out of their mouth. Like, I'm a Christian and I don't curse, but as soon as I get an opportunity to talk bad about Susan or Jeffrey or Michael, I'm going to basically condemn them because they're not living the life that a Christian should. And I'm like, yeah, but, but you don't know their struggles. Like you should, you should, you shouldn't judge, you know, and that really turned me off to it, especially, you know, when I started playing sports and I started dealing with coaches and other players and and I just saw so many people that were just like labeled Christian, many of them who were just that because their parents were that. Um, I even when I back when I did music, I wrote a song called believe got a ton of flack for it because I'm like, if you can give me an answer as why do you believe it? Then I'll believe it. And, and every time I asked a kid, I'm like, why, why do you believe? Why, why is Jesus your Lord and Savior? He'd be like, well, you know, I, I grew up in the church. My parents are Christians. I'm like, no, 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 no. Why is he your Lord? And, like, and, and no one really had an answer. And, and I kind of went down a dark path. I did music for a couple of years, a, a lot of different bad things, and kind of opened my eyes to see that I, and I still struggle, and it sounds bad. I struggle with calling myself a Christian because I'd rather lead by example, but I do have faith in God and Jesus Christ. I don't like walking around saying I'm a Christian because I feel like people, I, I, I don't know. It's a weird thing that I have inside me. I've just had such a bad taste with people that try to ingrain that in me. 
man, I, I, I remember those moments. You're like you're talking about Ben. You're talking about John. Like as a kid, you know, you just kind of call yourself that. And then I was like, I was like 15, and I, I tried to remember. You know, it was like December 10th. You know, and and I was like, when I was like decided, like this is. But then throughout my walk, you know, I felt like I had. Um, not epiphanies or maybe revelations, but like just another layer of conviction that I was, you know, that, that like Jesus Christ was Lord and that that story meant something. And I remember in college, like I had one more class and, and I, I didn't go to seminary. I wish I had, but like I, I, it was an ag degree at A&M and, and I was like, I was a senior and I needed, and so I took a, you know, religions class or whatever it was. And, supposed to be just pretty um, pretty middle of the road. And we just walked through so many religions, dozens of religions. And it was crazy the way this textbook had them listed out. It would talk about like it would, you know, we would, the, the way we studied each religion was similar. You know, it'd be like, this is who this religion says God is. This is, you know, some of the things they do, some of their practices. And then the last thing about each religion that we studied was their path to salvation. And uh, I got to notice in this trend that was really works based. So, like, you've got to do this, 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 and this. Hmm. And you got to do this, this, and you've got to, like, the top, however many, the best, so many get this and this. And then you got to Christianity, and it's just, you know, Ephesians 2 8. You know, we are saved by our faith through grace, not from ourselves, so that no man can boast. You know, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Meaning like, because I get where you're coming from, John. You know, like you, like it's, you get these people in your lives that you, you know, call themselves Christians or you view them as Christians and then you see them fail and it just blows your mind, you know? And it's just like, man, you're supposed to be, this set apart dude and you're not. And so, but when you think about like, like how is it that you're, how is it that you get to heaven? You're not. But then when you read, it's just like, that's why Christ died for us. And it's just like the, the, our faith is what saves us. You know, the works are evidence of the faith. They're not, you know, it's, it's a gift. It's not a wage, you know? So a gift is something that's given that you didn't earn. A wage is something you earned. And um, the reason I went down that whole path, I've got this one buddy. There's two of them, but one of them is like that I feel like I was put on this earth, you know, to be, to witness to. And he's very like logical, you know, like very. um, and, And so I've had to prepare this argument for him that was a logical, you know, that uses maybe some scripture, but on the same time, him being a non-believer, and it really made me look at this from an outsider's point of view. And when I did that, I was scared. I made doubt Christianity as a religion, but really it made me more like drawn to it because it yeah. made more sense because we you, know you, humans. You come in touch with the faith aspect of it. We're all sinners. Everybody messes up. Everybody. And so it only makes sense that if we are going to go to a perfect place, we have to only, surely only perfect people would be, you know, accepted there. Well, okay, well, we've all sinned. Well, all right, well, there's this one perfect dude who was God in the flesh and he died for us so we could all go. You know, there was that sacrifice, that that lamb, 
I agree 100%. I, grace is, is something that's been huge. And my parents always, you know, really talked to me about grace. And then I've, I've really kind of, you know, dug deeper into that. And, and that's where my much love mentality comes from is because you don't know what someone's going through. Like, like I say, you know, whether it's politics, whether it's, you know, I don't like using the term religion, whether it's Christianity or, or whatever else, you realize everyone has been through something different. Everyone has lived a different life, gone through a different path to end up where they are today. You don't know what they need today or where they're going tomorrow. All you know is what you can show them by example, lead by example in the moments that you have with that person. And I feel like the most important and the most powerful thing we can do for other people is, is not condemn them with words and tell them what they should be doing. But like Dale, you said at the very beginning is lead by example. I don't need to wear a shirt that says I'm a Christian on the back all day because you should see by the, by the footsteps I take, I'm, I'm living a certain life. And then, and then I think if you do that, people want to ask questions. Hey, what's with, what's with that Dale guy? What's with that John guy? Why, why are you different? I, I, I like your vibe. I like your enthusiasm. You, you, you never come down on people. You're always excited. You're always helping. You're always learning. You're always humble sometimes. <laughs> and you, you move forward with that, right? Like, and I feel like people see that. And that's what makes them ask more questions. That's how we touch people's hearts by by showing them the love that we have, not showing them the condemnation yeah. that we want to throw at them. And right. and that's and that's really what what I want to do and what I've been trying to do, especially in this polarized you know world we live in now, with so much hate towards people that you don't know if they're at their tipping point. Like you don't know, yeah. but we just throw it out there now, like it's not a big deal because you know trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers and we don't realize how potent it is. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, so, yeah, I'm with you. I was, I was having a uh, conversation with my girlfriend the other day, and she pointed out to me how uh, how sort of, you know, Christianity is being weaponized not only from, like, you know, non-believers, for lack of a better description, against Christianity, but from Christians themselves or people that call themselves Christians. Now, I don't mean that, you know, I'm not here to like judge anybody for how Christian they are, how unchristian they are. But, you know, you'll see some, especially on social media, and it's primarily on social media. Social media is such a disease on society. But anyway, you know, somebody might be saying something that somebody doesn't agree with. And a, a person who identifies as a Christian will come on there and say, oof, you know, I'm praying for your mental illness or, you know, God frowns upon you, or you know, whatever they, something witty having to do with Christianity and sort of condemning what it is they're seeing. And that is such a, it's, it's so unproductive and it's, it drives people away from this idea of church and faith and God and godliness. And we as Christians, we need to be aware of that, that, you know, God says, don't boast in the Lord. We need to make sure that we are not, you know, weaponizing our faith against people and and pushing them away from it rather than bringing them towards it yeah like i don't know like that was one thing my old man said that like he would never say he like he would never use the word pride you know and like like he i don't know like he's like you know the point is, it's like there's there's a time and a place, and that's one of the reasons why I feel like the one on one for me is more powerful. Like it's just it's so easy to be to 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 show your highlight reel on social media and live a certain way, and then there's so much that can be taken out of context whenever you've got just like a, a little uh, comment battle going on, 
you know, about, <laughs> about your faith. You know, it's just like there's a time and a place to be, like you said, productive. And there's so many times when that's not. And it's so easy to, like you, somebody may make a hateful comment on there and it's so easy, like as a Christian, you want to defend, you want to jump in, you want to like attack this person, but really like, man, but what if they're just having a really bad day? They didn't mean it. They're on the cut. Maybe they just dealt with a Christian who called themselves a Christian, but said all the wrong things that Christians shouldn't say. You know, there's no telling. Like you said, there's no telling what they dealt with. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't know. I do. The only time I really like to like, I do talk some crap on social media, but like, just <laughs> you like talk the, a little crap. I, I saw the, some of the stories you posted on, on your yeah. Instagram. It was a, it wasn't even like hurtful. It was just like yeah. the most hilarious comebacks I've I've ever like. It, it yeah. was just funny. I was like, man, this is, this, this one is guy classic. was talking crap, and he obviously had his kid as his profile picture. I, I was like. <laughs> Shut up, Steve. You're like seven. Like, you know. <laughs> oh man, I, I was reading this. I'm like, I need to get my 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 comment game needs to get to this level so I can respond because it is you really you do really do like because I mean you take you, I don't want to say you take it personally, but you you just you realize how how ill based their comment is because they don't under they don't know they don't know who yeah. you are they don't know anything about right. the situation except for the thirty seconds sixty seconds they saw. And and you want to try to explain your life to them in like sixty characters, and it's just not possible, right? Because yeah. they'll never understand who you are, what you do, and and you you got to just just do something simple, you know, smile and, and move on. And it's it's a you learning. probably I mean, understand it different. Wave, I mean, like with with some of the videos that that you post that are you know like bold, yeah, you know, like <laughs> you probably get like that. I mean, oh, that's I what get. I want. Like you I get, get all people, types of stuff. But hate you've probably learned and... to like, when you turn that off at night, it may, you know, some may get you stirred up for, but you can turn, five minutes later, you've forgotten about it. Honestly, now it, it doesn't even phase me in the moment yeah. because like you said, like for me, I, 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 I've had so many bad days in my life. And I understand that a lot of people are out there with with bad days that are struggling, uh, lost loved ones, can't pay their rent. Like I, I mean, I, I'm the guy that you know I, I spent years declining card every time I tried to get gas, groceries. Like I know the the feeling so vividly, and not that long ago that there's no way I could ever like if someone sends me you know you should go die blah 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 blah. I don't think that that yeah. person is a bad person. I think that person is hurting themselves. I think not not hurting themselves, but they're they, they are hurting inside, yeah. and they're trying to release some of that by 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 hurting you. And I know that's you know something people say all the time, but I really don't I don't think they hate me. Like I, I've never once yeah. felt like someone specifically hates me, John Dawson. I think they might hate right. the words that are coming out of my mouth. I think they might hate the fact that I am getting views on something that they don't agree with. I've. Man, life is complicated, and so many people. And I and I see these videos of of kids that that are around their parents while their parents are just being absolutely ridiculous. And and I feel for those kids because those kids are the ones that grow up saying the things that we're talking about on social media, leaving dirty comments, you know, spewing yeah. all this stuff. And you want to judge them for the comment, but you don't realize that they lived a life with parents that neglected them. They lived a life with parents that abused them. They lived a life where they were told they would never amount to anything. You can't get mad at them for leaving a comment because yeah. they, they don't know anything else. They, they've they never right. been shown love. So the best thing you could do in that situation is show that kid 
even if they're 65, show that kid that was hurt at love. some point in their life, show them love. And I right. tell you, love silently changes people's hearts. Hate gets the reaction. Hate gets viral. Hate's exciting. It's fun. It's thrilling. Yeah. But love is going to put them on their couch that evening being like, that guy appreciated my comment, even though I talked so much trash. And that's what gets me excited. Because I'm like, I just Man. totally screwed their head up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about like ignoring them. You're talking about another level that is hard in the moment. That's tough. And plant that's the tough. seed. But and and that's and that's one thing like Gary Vee would say too. Like, you know, a lot of people take that idea that you're talking about and they demonize social media. But like one thing Gary Vee says is like, and I think he's right, and he probably said the same thing about money, but like social media is a mirror, you know. Like that, that it's a mirror of who people really are. Like social media is just a thing. Like it's a machine. It's a computer chip. You know, it's like a, it's a platform. And then like who you choose to be on it is who you choose to be. Same thing with money. Like if if you're an asshole and then you win the lottery, you're just gonna be more of an asshole. You know what I mean? It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna magnify who you are. Same thing with social media. It's a it's a it's a a, a magnifying glass on your life. That's and an so like. Take. I, I I I hate that like I don't know. But like you see that that hateful comment and I think that kid looks back on that years later and they're like, Yeah, that was kind of a weird time in my life, you know. Like <laughs> I'm sure like all of us, like we had some moments where we were twelve, thirteen, fourteen, where it's probably pretty good that there was an Instagram oh. and we had access to a public, you know, public platform. Like <laughs> I, I would have been in so weirdo. much trouble if I had that at that age. I, I mean, I was all over the place, up and down. But I mean, seriously, I, we. Uh, it was rough. Yeah, I mean, we. I was a little weirdo. I have so. stuff that I still find. <laughs> people find it on. People search me now. People Google me, and they're pulling up like songs from like 2010. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that one. Like, yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was mad. <laughs> okay, like chill out. Yeah, I was mad. I made it. You know, I'm sorry. Like, you know. But it, it is what it is, and that's and that's why I think a lot of people like us, we've li we've lived life, right? And and our parents right. told us this a thousand times when we were young, and we're like, "What are you talking about?" And it was the fact that they had lived life. They get it. They know why. They know why. Like my, I'm dealing with my daughter right now. She's, you know, this week I became my daughter's father and not her friend. Like we had a thing where she wasn't Dang. she wasn't obeying, um, and it, it, you know, you kind of have to just be like, look. I'm not your friend. I'm trying to raise you to be a good a good person. So yeah. it was rough. It was I'm, I'm talking. It was probably the most emotional thing I've had to do in a long time. Having to cross that line from being like everything's smiling, let's go do fun things all the time. You know everything's fine to being like you know you don't talk back. You 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 eat your food when when it's made. You you sit there and you respect people. You don't talk. You know just stuff like that. And and in the moment, I know I know she's like, oh my gosh, you're a horrible person or whatever. But we all, when you grow up, you see like, look, that that's what turned me into who I am today. That's what made me respectful to the people that that are going to be employing me, to the people that I'm going to be, you know, that are going to be teaching me. And and in that moment, it's just, it's it's a humbling experience to be on one side of it. And then now I'm on the other side of it. And it's, man, it's it's like the circle, it is, it's the circle of life, man. You, you really, your eyes open up to a whole nother aspect. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, heck, I don't know. I think that, like I said, the main thing is like, I just try to get on here and be upbeat, be positive when those 
opportunities come up that I do get to talk about my faith, I jump on it. Outside of that, I want to be an ambassador of the sport, the industry, but really just be, and, and that's what made me excited about the Netflix show. You know, yeah, maybe we get a few more followers. Maybe we sell a few more t-shirts. Who who cares? But essentially, like, if Jeff, who's 31 in um, Oklahoma, discovers Dale Brisby and then can go down the rabbit hole of eight years of content and have, like, this positive, upbeat break in his day for the next eight months where he's like, you know, gets that eight minutes of just because he appreciates the Western industry. That to me is the win. That's the win for me, whether Jeff buys a t-shirt or whatever, you know, like that's, that's, that's a fun thought. So, and maybe, you you know, do you ever think about how many people are going to watch that and chase their dreams and wouldn't have done it if they hadn't seen it? Well, like people sitting down being like, I've always wanted to, and then they they see you. They they can almost reach out and touch you and be like, "That's doable," you know. Uh, 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 what's you mean like it? in the rodeo industry or just anything? It, what, in what, whatever it is. Seeing seeing, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, the one who's doing Donnie. Uh, Donnie. Seeing Donnie go from from bartender to to bronc riding. Seeing someone just look, I'm 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 doing it. I'm going out there. I'm going to try my best. I I promise you, there's there's a grip of people out there that are going to say, you know what. If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? And they're going to step out and they're going to do something. Man, I mean, it only released nine days ago. And to be honest, like I haven't thought about that. But that's like a, I've been so close to it and filming it and the story and everything. I see it in the in the rodeo industry because they're all texting me right now, you know, saying yeah. <laughs> I want to be an intern. But but a hundred percent, you know, they could do it in the in the real world with anything. And that's a neat thought. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you could be the reason that some, you know, guy who feels like he's in a rut in life, he's just down in the dumps, you know, he sees you and decides to buy a pair of blue jeans and a set of cowboy yeah. boots and fucking grab life by the, ooh, freaking grab life by the <laughs> horns, man. That's all right, Jeez, we're all adults. <laughs> I, yeah. That's, I, I had a show I watched, I, I'm trying to think, I think it was it was uh, Entourage back when I was doing music. I watched Entourage and that's and that's what got Entourage. me to go and just do it. I was like, this show, like, I, I mean, right then and there, I just, I dropped it and went. So I know there are people that are going to watch your show and, and they're going to, they're going to drop what they're doing and they're going to, they're going to go for it. I, I do have to ask, are, are you doing a season two? Today's episode is brought to you by Much Love Clothing. This is an American-first clothing brand that focuses on supporting our country and those who fight and have fought for our freedom. Much Love is about empowering those who have stood up and spoken out about the current events in our country. We know it's difficult nowadays to speak freely about your views without fear of getting canceled or, or shut down by your job or social media. Much Love Clothing is to empower those to speak out and, and, and let people be unapologetically American and proud of the opportunities we are given here in this country. Despite race, despite where you came from, we know that America offers something that you can't get anywhere else. And Much Love Clothing is also what makes this podcast possible. So we would really appreciate your support. If you go check out muchlovestore.com, you can find some awesome clothing, some really cool accessories, and use discount code John Dawson Perspective for a discount. Now, without any more wasted time, let's dive back into the podcast. Man, that's what we're all pushing for right now. Like I was DMing. So I got Facebook ads going. I got Instagram ads going. I got I'm DMing like influencer buddies, you know, doing stuff like this podcast, which I very much appreciate. Just cause I think those first five weeks are yeah. what net I think 
or what they look at to decide whether a show is a hit or not. Um, so they, and there's no rules, man. Like they could, they drop a show when they want, they'll get a season two when they want. Like they could call me tomorrow or they could call me in six months. Yeah. But it's, um, it's a hurry up and wait. I, I, I've been doing, I did stuff with TV shows and HGTV and dude, I, 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 I commend you for doing it. I have lost my mind with the, with the, Oh, dude. Oh, we'll give you a call back six months later. Hey, remember us? I'm like, no. Yeah. No, no idea. Dude, two years I've been working on this. Two <gasps> years. Like the 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 back and forth with the contracts and the then the the filming of the show and then the pandemic happened, but we've still filmed it and like dealing with all that. Then it's like we got done filming this show a year ago. A year oh, wow. ago this week is when we started. And uh, so, like, man, it's been crazy, the whole deal. Like, make people pull their hair out, you know. I think you're going to find a ton of success because, I mean, what you're doing is is is, is the essence of so much uh, – it's such an American lifestyle. But By the way, um, do you have a lot of Russian followers? Uh, that's if, a very if, random question. If I do, like, I, it would be, like, news to me. <laughs> So like, like like Western culture, especially like during the Cold War, blew up in Russia because they wanted like the freedom that they saw in like John Wayne movies and stuff like that. So I know it's so, a very strange question. No, but. I I believe you, but like so I went to like I said earlier, I went to France for a rodeo. It was more like a we call them showdios, but like a Western show. And um, dude, these French people were eating it up. No like, kidding. They, we went we got done with this little showdio deal we signed autographs for like an hour and then we went in this big warehouse next door and i mean like acres of people line dancing to old western american country music uh before this netflix deal came up like a year before that a production company reached out to me about doing a tv show that was going to air in germany because of what you said like and this that network's top rated tv show at the time was reruns of 90s country music videos like that's their wow. number one show was this and and uh they wanted to do a little cowboy deal but it was too mom and pop and i didn't feel like it was roi positive so i waited but um dude like people are fascinated with the cowboy culture all over the world for sure yeah. It's crazy how many people like are like just live a few miles from me and don't know anything about it. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I learned about in, this stuff. I live in I, I live in the country and a lot of people around here like have no clue anything about like surprisingly I, I'm like one of the only black people out here and I probably know more about about ranching than than a lot of these people that just moved out here bought a house. They have 50 acres, but I mean, they just mow it with a zero turn every month. Man, That's there's it. some black people in our industry that that are. I mean, like, just there's world champions. Like, I yeah. grew up with the, with a lot of of black people that were really good cowboys and uh, bull riders. Especially like you go closer to like, man, I went to um, a rodeo, a bull riding in Hitchcock, Texas, and um, it was the first time I'd really ever seen um, black guys that ride bulls i think 19 bull riders at that rodeo what? were black seriously not i think like there were like 19 
That's like, crazy. I mean, like, I've seen dude, some on the stage, man. There's there's some I, I can't think of his name. There's one black dude that's I mean, he go he's he's top of the line. I mean Ezekiel pretty, pretty Blue, cool. yeah, like younger guy right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Blue Mitchell. Yeah, he's Whereas, been to the house. I sold him his first bull rope. Blue's really? my boy. Yeah, that's my okay. boy. Okay. I'm gonna say, yeah. if you get a season two, man, I'm coming out. I'm actually I want to do it even if you don't. I want to come out and ride a bull, man. I really want to. I'm I'm that person that's like I am so determined to 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 be great at something. Like I don't want to not be great at something that I think I don't know if I can do it, which is like the most exciting thing that I've possibly like. Not if I can get on. I know I, I know I would do it. I don't know if I'd be successful at it. And it just it sounds like something that I've never challenged myself with. And and I think when you described that to me earlier in the podcast, like you you ruined my head, man. Like I, I'm excited. I think the PBR this year is going to be in 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 Fort Worth. Yeah, there's gonna be a bunch of them in Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah. So but I'm man, like, they uh, it like it's like the first time you get on a bull, you know, it's it's like your very first varsity game where like every the first play everything's a blur, you know. And then the more bulls you get on, it's like your last varsity game where you know you can see motion. the linebackers' eyes and everything slow motion, you know. So like. Usually the first one, it's more about just controlling your emotions because you're not going to do that fundamentals most likely. You're you know, like Cheech in the video, like in the, in yeah. the How to Be a Cowboy. Like that's he, his free arm comes down and he he just falls off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> which 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 looked funny in there, but I'm like that's exactly what would happen. I mean, because you're because you're in your head and and you can't calculate that fast. So like your instincts right. kick in and your instincts are wrong because you haven't done it. So it's like exactly you know everything about rodeo is counterintuitive. And so that first bull ride, your intuition kicks in and overrides what you should be doing. Hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, Ben, do you have any... Wait, wait, wait. Time out. I have to ask this because I have not yet met a person other than my family that knows this. Had, did you ever watch Spin and Marty? No. I can't. Spin and Marty. That's the response I get from everybody. Spin and Marty. I I grew up watching Spin and Marty. It's like a Disney, a, a early black and white Disney show. Some kids that go to a, a a dude ranch, and they just they learn how to ride horses. They do they do like a, man a rodeo. They do rodeo offs. They do sorting. They do the boot chase or whatever. Like they, it's, yeah. I grew up watching. It, so man. I had I had cable in college when I lived in town, but like outside of that, like. I did. We watched movies growing up, but we didn't have cable. Well, I, we so. didn't either. My parents had VHSs with recorded TV from like the '60s on it. That's what it, it's. It's like a '60s, yeah. like '50s, '60s show. Right. That's all yeah. we watched. But it it was a great show. I'm, ben, do you have any last questions for him? And and we'll we'll wrap. We'll wrap um, up. So I got I got I got four quick get to know you kind of questions just for <laughs> the fans. Um, the first one is, if you were on death row, they gave you your last meal. What is Dale Brisby's last meal? Man, I got to go with the ribeye, medium rare. Oof. All right, solid choice. Size. Such such a a a morbid way to ask that question. But <laughs> so sad. Could like, just ask what his last meal would be. morbid way to ask about death row. What yeah, would be like, your last meal, man? That would be a <laughs> Yeah. Keep going. I'm excited Prison, now. Prison's like my worst fear ever, but yeah, anyways, continue, Ben. Um what is your spirit animal? Um, uh, Boone, he's a horse and he's in the show. If you watched it, Ben, you would know what we're talking about. But I, I need, I gotta get next Netflix, man. I'll be honest with you. I gotta I'm subscribe just, to Netflix. Don't subscribe, just, just borrow you. somebody else's. Use, man. use John's login. Yeah, use, use John's login. login. 
Uh, and the final question is, if you could sit down and have a beer with anybody, li- alive or dead, who would it be? Uh, well, that's only three questions. Oh, wait. No, that was the second to last question. You're right. So I don't I don't drink. A nice cold water. Dang. How does Dale Brisby not have an answer to that question? Man, maybe some of them early presidents. Like George Washington kind of like really get like that would be like sit down, get some Abraham Lincoln wisdom, like that kind of, that would be. I truly believe that people were just in general a lot smarter and more wise back then. If they're, if they're alive right now, it would probably be Gary Vee, but sorry, John. Um, final question. I actually meant to ask you this one earlier. So John has recently discovered the wonderful world of boating. I myself, okay. I ride motorcycles. Um, we've both talked about wanting to get like a side-by-side or a four-by-four, whatever you call them, in whatever you know area of the country you're in. Are you into any sort of power sports? Uh, man, uh, no, just because horses are expensive enough as is, you know, <laughs> like, so like, I, I don't know. My my old man bought a motorcycle whenever I was, we were, I was in high school and I had not ever driven a motorcycle, but he, so he had MS. We leave Amarillo, 87 miles to Memphis, Texas. It's nighttime. It's, it's wintertime it gets cold his ms starts messing with him he gets 10 miles out of amarillo we're 77 miles from memphis and he's like i can't drive this any further so i learned how to drive a motorcycle it was a 77 low rider shovelhead 1200 cc on 287 <laughs> it was in construction the two lanes over there were under construction it's windy the panhandle of texas 18 wheelers passing me. I'm and I'm like this all the way back, and that's like my only experience. Dude, White knuckling for 80 miles. Dude, I almost died. Like these these semis pass you on a motorcycle, and it just like shakes you, man. Oh, like, that you wind the, will that tail will kick you. The wind is Dude, so underrated. 16 years old driving a freaking motorcycle 70 miles down the oh 70 miles an hour. No thanks. I'll let you have that, Ben. A big I'll stick to bucking like horses. That. Yeah. That's a lot to handle. That's a lot of the hood right there. That's a lot of motorcycles. We put, so we pull it into Memphis, and like right on the edge of town, he flaps, he he does the headlights, and I pull over. He jumps in and drives it down the main drag right up into my buddies. Like the the final hour, I was so pissed. Like he was <laughs> so like, you, like, you get on it, the edge of town. <laughs> yes, yes. I was so mad. Like right in right in the middle of my boys, he pulls up on this show. He's like, what's up? It's like, that's, that's cold. It's cold, Pop. That's funny. It's a good story, though. <laughs> that is yeah. that is good. And I, I have to ask this. I feel like we need to ask every guest this just to see so just we can prepare. Um, if the zombie apocalypse happened, are you ready? Man, I know I'm a whole heck of a lot more ready than some people. I, I, like, yeah. I probably don't have enough pal-pals. Like, I don't have enough bullets. I need some, like, MREs, but... I don't know. I'm probably overall. More ready you, than... You're stocked with transportation and potentially food for a solid while. Yeah, I need some more. I need an, another diesel tank. I've thought horse. about building a bunker. Your mind's in the right place. You got horses. Like, horses, though. Yeah, that's true. So, I like, I mean, in those. the in the end, you're good. I mean, we're not. We at, at that point, we're not making fuel anymore. So, at, everybody's going to run out at some point. That's true. You have yeah. something that has the circle of life attached to it. You'll you'll never you run got out. Something that runs off carrots. And yeah, I saw what you true. did to those cows with them with them gloves, so you can keep them coming out. I mean, you know how to make sure. Oh they're, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw Palpate. yeah. Phone call and all, shoulder deep. I was like, wow. Yep. <laughs> I saw it happen once. 
my horse colic when I was younger and I saw a veterinarian do that and it was trauma. I was like six and like I had a little black yeah. pony. His name was Little Black. <laughs> Super original name, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little... <laughs> Come on now. That was his name or <laughs> <laughs> that was that was both that was both our names. But yeah, I saw that and I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. It was one of those All things. Right. I was like, man. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, Dale, I appreciate you being on here. For everyone listening, go check out his show, How to Be a Cowboy, on Netflix. I watched the whole thing in about two days. I'm not ashamed. Um, dude, I'm not gonna lie, I watched the show and I'm like, man, I I just want to be best friends with every single person on the screen. Like it was it was you guys did a great job of just like wanting the whole world to come to your ranch and hang out like loved it bro did you guys did a great job appreciate y'all so much and uh, appreciate your your content and following you man it's, it's an honor to be on the show thank y'all awesome. for having me thank you thank you everybody you can check out this podcast at much or at uh, uh, perspective.com if you want to leave comments or questions that we will talk about on the next podcast so go to john dawsonperspective.com check it out and um thanks for listening we will see you next monday much love y'all thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast we'll see you on the next one